You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Brought to you by Betway.com. Betway for the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. My partner is Mike Fratello, former NBA head coach with the Memphis Grizzlies, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Atlanta Hawks, now color analyst with the Cavaliers and the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm Jeff Phelps from 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Cavaliers sitting in fourth place in the Eastern Conference right now, Mike. They are 48-29. and 29. Last game, they had a loss against the Atlanta Hawks. In Atlanta, road game, two of your former teams in an atmosphere that was had that playoff intensity. Cavs didn't pull it out. Thing that sticks out to me in that game is it's the kind of game I think that is going to either sink you or get you deeper into the playoffs because your starting guards combined for 55 shots between Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. That's a lot of shots, but that might be the way they have to win in the postseason. Well, let's face it, uh, you're going to get a lot of scoring out of that backcourt on nights that they're making shots because they control the basketball, what, 90% of the game between the two of them. And the big men understand if they're open, they'll get the ball or they have to work hard to get offensive rebounds or they have to work hard to run the floor to be the recipient at the end of a fast break transition pass. Uh, but when you have two all-star guards playing on your team, you would expect to get a lot of points out of them. Yes, they were shorthanded in that loss. They did an outstanding job uh, taking Trey Young out of the game. I'm sure they weren't counting on Murray to have the kind of game he had. At the same time, two guys coming off the bench uh, for the Hawks gave them big points, Bogdanovich and I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name, but it starts with an O. Okay. Okungwo? Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was trying to think of the last time I can remember a player off the bench getting 12 or 13 free throw opportunities. And I had to scratch my head a little bit last night on that. He was given the ultimate respect for a bench player that he went to the line that many times when the Cavs did not shoot one free throw in the first quarter. But anyhow, that's, yes. that's another story. And the other thing that I was curious about is today, I believe for the first time since we've been doing these, you did a reverse order on me of my teams. You started with Memphis, went to Cleveland, and then back to the Hawks. Instead I, of I've done that before. Always do it the other way. 
I, I think I've done that once before. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I figured we'd start with the most recent this time and work our way back. You know, there are not many guys who can say he's been a successful head coach with three different NBA teams. So okay, now we've gotten through all that. What was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Okongwu was 11 of 12. He took advantage of those free throws, Mike. So we did. He nice certainly job. did. The whole team shot the thing pretty well. It, it, it's kind of this more than anything. On, on one hand, you, you just said it perfectly. You, you need Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland to score points if you're going to do something. But I, I just, you look at that box score, you watch the game, and it's like, 55 shots that's a lot of shots and i think it's either gonna as stupid as this sounds that's either gonna be yep that's the winning formula or oh it's too dominant from two guards and i'm curious to see which way that's gonna go don't you think some nights jeff that the matchups are gonna dictate who gets the most shots sure you know, if another team's backcourt's not the greatest backcourt defensively and you have two all-star guards you probably take advantage of that. If Allen was back and if Mobley was playing his power forward position in that game uh, and there was a mismatch there, would you try and take advantage of Mobley a little bit more? Those kinds of things. I don't think us seeing 55 shots every night from the Cavs backcourt is, is the right formula for success. It's the blending of their shots being good shots mixed in with what the front court can produce. But some nights it happens that way. Both guards have it going. Both guards are taking advantage of their opponent and and in their minds feel like they're doing a pretty good job. And I guess in the coach's mind, you see points going on the board. We struggled a little bit uh, for one stretch with our defense, gave up more points than we used to giving up. We did some good things, like I mentioned, holding Trey Young. Uh, but shorthanded, minus guys who were major, normally contributors to the winning cause, uh, they went down. They always worried about maybe over-celebrating and that they were too happy mm-hmm. with getting into the playoffs. But they went down and competed, and Atlanta needed that game. That was a huge game for them to lose by two points and have an opportunity to get the last shot at the basket down only one. You move on from there. You try and play just as hard, play a little bit better, make more free throws than you made, and get the next one. And if you get the next one, you've accomplished a whole lot because that's a two-game swing, and that's all they need versus the New York Knicks to clinch home court in the first round. That's coming up on Friday. One more thought on the game against the Hawks. Mike, I don't know if you could ask for anything more out of Evan Mobley and the way he's been coming along. And that game against Atlanta, I think kind of really, there it is in a, in, a, in a postcard. 20 points, 15 rebounds, six assists. And he did all that taking only 13 shots. He was 10 of 13 from the field in that game. He has really taken some steps. Where do you think he's improved the most, Mike, as this season's gone on? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
And I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, did he not have four block shots in there also? He also had four block shots and went to the free throw line only twice. So his, his points, 10 of 13 from the field. Yeah, and it's not like he was shooting uh, 26-foot jump shots all night. So to not get a foul shot, sticking your nose in there, again, I keep scratching my head. But I, I, I think one of the biggest areas for me is watching him try to be more assertive right now. That comfortable to the point that it may have taken a half a season or three quarters of a season for him to realize that I can do this. I can do it night in and night out against the best players in the league. And it doesn't matter if he's at the power forward spot or he moves over to the center position. He seems just as confident now in doing it. So that's a huge step from the mobile that I saw come back in the beginning of this season that I thought was a little bit standoffish could have been that showing respect for Donovan Mitchell coming in, understanding that Darius had made the all-star team a year ago and him not wanting anybody. You say, well, he's trying to upset the apple car, taking too many shots. He got guards. Part of it could have been that he wanted to wait and see where do I fit in here? How much should I assert myself on given nights? And now he's down the road, almost a whole season, regular season. And, He's liking what he what he feels, and he's been so good, so productive, as you mentioned. You talked about Friday just briefly. Cavs, New York Knicks. Cavs win it, Mike. The mathematics tell us that they beat out the Knicks and everybody else for home court. So that kind of takes you to looking up at number three. And right now, the Cavaliers are two games behind the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know if you've ever gone to a website called Tankathon, where you can hit over and over and over again to see who's going to end up with the number one pick in the draft, which used to be a big thing in Cleveland, not anymore, but that was a lot of fun. Tankathon says the Cavs have the second easiest remaining schedule the rest of the way. And they play the Knicks Pacers at Orlando twice, and then the Hornets and the 76ers, according to Tankathon have a difficult schedule, the third most difficult remaining schedule. And they play Dallas, Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Atlanta, and Brooklyn. So the Sixers have a pretty tough way to go. Cavs schedule much easier. At this point, third, fourth, does it matter one way or the other, Mike? It would affect your second-round opponent if you're fortunate enough to get in, and, of course, your first-round opponent. But does it does it matter? To some teams, it does. Okay. Some teams see certain matchups as being better for them to the point that teams have dropped down a position just to get a matchup that they want or they feel they would do best with. So understanding that Philadelphia has dealt with uh, the workload monitoring uh, monitoring, uh, and have sat key guys down before, if the schedule, as you mentioned, is that difficult and fan calling in already. Yeah, I I apologize for that. We appreciate it. They heard the podcast. They love just loving what you're saying. Um, You could see a team like Philly slide back down one spot, go to four. And if Cleveland can win their games, get to three. But let let me mention a couple of those teams that you said were on Cleveland's schedule. Did you say Orlando twice coming up? Yep. Both in Orlando, Mike. It's one of those back-to-back things where you play two in a row in the same And they have been a nightmare for teams that – are trying to do something with the playoff positioning. They have played their best basketball 
over the last 45, 48 games of the season. I mean, they're, they're either 500, a game above, or two games above 500 in those 40-something games. They were playing outstanding basketball. Then Charlotte, for some unknown reason, I heard somebody mention that in their last game, last win, you could not name three of the starters for their team because they had so many guys out and they started a lineup that was so unusual, you wouldn't recognize their name. So not having their box score in front of me, but Charlotte has won. How about they beat Dallas twice in a row, okay, without any of the main guys, all these guys that are out for them and losing ball for the rest of the season, all of that going on. And all of a sudden, Charlotte pops up. I think they may have won three in a row. Or they four have. In a row. Yeah, okay. they've won there three games in a row. So that's that's us that has to play against them, the Cavaliers. This has been Basketball Gold, brought to you by Betway.com. Betway, for the sport of it. Gambling problem? 1-800-GAMBLER.